Howdy gamers, it's Layton here from Layton Night, the podcast that you're currently listening to in case you accidentally stumbled upon this, in which case I am sorry, but just wanted to let you know that there is a video version of this episode that is up on our Patreon for all tiers. So if you want to join us over there, depending on the tier, you can get all sorts of cool benefits. We do mini-sodes every week. We do some fun videos. Uh, You get access to our fan discord and overall it's a really lovely time and we would love to have you there. So without any further ado, here is the audio version of this episode. So if you want to do the video version, you can go to patreon.com slash Leighton Night or not. Really whatever floats your boat. Anyway, episode... She's really she's great. a real stinker. She's going to the vet today for a checkup. Oh yeah. When I get within a block of the vet's office, she's immediately like, "No, I don't know how to walk anymore." Actually, I I've never walked in my life. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Legs. What do those do? She bricks. Yep. Yeah. This is what Audrey does when I <laughs> take her to the doctor. Too. She's a kid, so she's worried about getting a shot. Right? Am I going to mm-hmm. get a shot today? And. Do shots hurt more with kids or do they just have like a lower pain threshold? Because kid, this is this is what I'm always confused about. You get a shot as an adult and most shots are like, whatever, goes in your arm, your leg. It's not comfortable, but it's not like world ending pain. Mm-hmm. And yet with children, they seem to feel it more. It hurts more slash they're better actors. I don't know. <laughs> but definitely it is a present concern in a way it's not for me. Column A, column B, because A, it's always hyped up. Like if you're going to the doctor, you're going to get a shot and a shot is a bad, scary thing. Mm -hmm. You have less experience with physical pain in your Mm -hmm. short life as a child. So Mm -hmm. a shot is up there as scary. And also it's not usually that like the pain you're going to be in is telegraphed Mm because a shot, you're being told that you're getting a shot. And I think it's maybe the dread and the buildup to the shot rather than like, I fell and skinned my knee, you know. God wasn't like, you're about to fall and skin your knees, so prepare. Uh, or I don't know, maybe he did. God does talk to me about he that. He works in yes, mysterious personally. ways. Yeah. Uh, Audrey does the thing whenever she's about to get a shot. She goes, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. And you're, I'm like, honey, and even if I say, listen, honey, well, let's just get it over with. I'm right here with you. We're not going to do wait a minute. Okay, okay. All right, shot time. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And it's like, oh, oh, just like, let's just do it. So, yeah. Have you guys seen the shot blockers? No. What are those? I call them lens caps. <laughs> the, the, they kind of look like a disc with like a bunch of spikes. It almost looks like a like a therapeutic massage thing. Uh-huh. But what they can do, and there's like a little hole cut out of it. So the doctor will like press it against the skin and then do the shot. So you don't know when the shot is coming because you're already being poked with a bunch of needles like through this that like, thing. That is interesting. Does yeah. that make it better? A lot of parents have said it has saved them from their kid, like, huh. going crazy at the doctors. Because they're like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but, like, you're already being pushed with, like, these That is interesting. Things. Okay. Yeah, yeah huh. it looks like a little retainer, sort of. Yes. I can highly relate to being a child going in to get a shot and talking to the doctor yeah, as if I am this. in a movie about to be executed by people <laughs> who I owe money. 
Just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) I remember one time I was like holding my long sleeves shut over one arm and I was like, Mm -hmm. this is a foolproof plan. They can't get me, but I wasn't doing it for my other arm. (laughs) They just (laughs) got me. I have a clear memory of I had to put eye drops in for whatever reason, probably pink eye or something. And I just wouldn't do it. Like my parents, it was probably, I don't know, eight or nine or something. And I would not sit still for them to get the drops in. And I would like lay down on my mom's lap and then suddenly get up and all this stuff. And I remember at some point she's like, it's in. We put the drops in. I was like, what? It's in? She's like, yeah, we just put it in. You didn't even feel it. Complete lie. This was a... (laughs) Total lie, but it 100% worked. And then I just laid there and got the other ones. And then she put the original ones back in. And I was like, you put that first one in? She's like, no, I didn't. I just needed to tell you that to get these fucking, get the medicine in your face. You know, but I thought that was actually kind of a genius parenting move. The time-honored tradition of lying to your children. Oh, yeah. No, it's practically a job for me. That was with me with, with losing teeth. I felt like... I feel like I was good with shots. Uh, I was good with other pain stuff, but losing teeth for some reason, that was like, Mm -hmm. that was the most painful. Did you hold on until it would just be like the final little shred of gum (laughs) holding it in? Yeah. And I was truly that kid who was like, it's fine. It's fine. It can stay there. It can stay there. And then when it came out, I was like, oh, this is a a lot better. I should have known (laughs) that. Right. That's right. (laughs) As it is with most things. Once you just get over the hill, it's like, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Well, well, that wasn't so bad. (laughs) Yeah. Where did you grow up, Jordan? That's a tricky question. Anytime anyone has asked me where you're from, I usually just say Massachusetts. But to mm-hmm. give the really quick rundown, I was born in Trenton, New Jersey. Hell yeah. But my parents were living in Morrisville, Pennsylvania. And then we moved okay. to Allentown, Pennsylvania. And then we moved to Georgetown, Massachusetts, which is North Shore. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. above Boston. And then we moved to Parker, Colorado, then mm-hmm. Dublin, Ohio, then Cambria, California, which was by San Luis Obispo. And mm-hmm. then we moved all the way back across to Fairlawn, New Jersey, which is Hell yeah. North Bergen. And uh, uh, yeah, everyone sorry, knows Bergen where fucking County. Fairlawn is. Some like, people don't. don't. <laughs> everyone knows Fairlawn. If you don't know Fairlawn, what are you even doing? Actually, saying I'm from Fairlawn has saved me from like, if I've had to go to a venue to record and mm-hmm. someone's kind of being like a little stiff to me and we start mm-hmm. talking, I'm like, where are you from? They're like, I'm from Jersey. And I'm like, I'm from Jersey too. And they're like, what? I'm like, thank God. Like I yep. asked this because now they're nicer to me. <laughs> yes. Well, that's exactly what Brian does on this show all the time. <laughs> what? I have, and I really want to be clear about this. I have never, ever been rude or stiff with a guest. I'm not saying that you've been rude or stiff. I'm saying that you use New Jersey as an inroads to start at least a dozen conversations of episodes of this show. I would never do that. (laughs) I have much more important things to talk about than New Jersey. No, you don't. I make it my job to talk about New Jersey and Massachusetts. (laughs) Well, then I guess we have to. So let's talk about New Jersey and Massachusetts since you mentioned it. Tell me your top 40 things about New Jersey. Oh, my God. (laughs) What do you like about New Jersey? First and foremost, it's where my family is from. My mm-hmm. parents, who are still married today, were high school sweethearts. They, funny enough, met in Aww. chemistry class. Like, that's mm-hmm. how cliche that's it cute. is. I like that. Where? Where did they grow up? They grew up in Fairlawn. In Fairlawn. So, yeah, they were both born in Brooklyn, but grew up in Fairlawn. And mm-hmm. 
So for me, it was always wherever we were living, because clearly I listed like a ton of states of where I lived. And that's, Mm -hmm. I didn't even finish all of them. (laughs) But it's just home to me. It feels like home. It feels like home to everybody. That's New Jersey. But like you have a lot of people who only know New Jersey because they drive through it and they see the like the not so wonderful parts of New Jersey and yeah, the, the turnpike smelly bullshit. parts. Yeah. yeah. And I get that. But for me, like being a kid who's like, that's where my family is. I loved the neighborhoods. But like, so I remember the streets and walking and like to the extent of I kind of made my own record label kind of esque and I'm hoping it can go into something, but I called it Radburn Records. And Radburn uh-huh. is like a little neighborhood in Farallon. And I love that neighborhood. And the other thing that feels like home is <laughs> and this is so bad. Cause I I personally say that I'm a nice and kind person, but when I go back to Jersey and I walk into a store and they're like, I told you that I wanted the cream cheese and not that and I'm like, this, oh I love this. Like I yes, feel I like I'm back too. at home. <laughs> I love good-natured bickering, which is, I mean, Jersey, New York, less so Connecticut, but definitely Massachusetts are all the homes of good-natured bickering. Yeah. And I always say, and I'm sure some people will disagree with me, but I find that people on the East Coast will, like, be mean to you and then be your friend, where I find that people who grow up on the West Coast will, like, be your friend and then be mean to you. Yes. That is (laughs) very accurate. Yeah. So... I find that any person who I have jived with in L.A., I'm like, you're not from here, are you? You're probably from the East Coast. And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm from Maryland or I'm from like New York. And I'm like, of course, that's why we yep. that's why we drive. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. Although I, I would say mean is Jersey. It's not mean. It's like rough, right? It's, it's rough. Yes. Rough is a better term. Because it's not cruel. It, it's no. often just like, what? What do you want? You know, yeah. that kind of like brusque sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Similar to what you're saying, Jordan, in the South, where it's the Southern niceties hiding mm. um, deep contempt and disdain. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to smooth over when you got that Southern accent. In New Jersey, in New Jersey, we don't feel contempt and disdain, <laughs> except for people from fucking Philly who should be left by the side of the road and are essentially trash humans. Whoa. But mm. what? I mean... Well, Long Island too. Long Island's terrible and no Where one else? should ever go there or be there. Connecticut's not good. Yeah, Connecticut's definitely not, not good. Great. Especially southwestern Connecticut, the Stanford mm. kind of area. That's a bad place full of bad people. Uh, I mean, everywhere in Pennsylvania, actually. Yep, that's terrible too. Um, <laughs> certainly anything west of the Mississippi, you can just write off pretty much without knowing anything about it. Most places <laughs> east of the Mississippi too. Virginia and West Virginia. You don't want to go farther south than Maryland. And even Maryland's kind of terrible. Not as bad as Delaware. <laughs> Delaware is truly the worst. Uh, Maine I, isn't barely even a state. Just hold on a minute. I'm doing it. Um, you don't, Vermont is like borderline acceptable. New Hampshire, definitely not. What the fuck is going on in New Hampshire? You don't want to go there. There's nothing Live interesting for in New dive. Hampshire. Buddy, yeah, exactly. New Hampshire is a bunch of weirdos. Um, I'm going to say Midwest. I mean, what's going on with Chicago? That's a bad vibe. I, I don't think Chicago is worth going to. All of Illinois. Let's get rid of Wisconsin, too. Um, Ohio. What we about all the know cheese? Ohio is terrible. I want no, the no, live no, 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 weather no. map update of every state that is eliminated <laughs> from Brian's list. Yeah. 
I mean, Hawaii is nice. We can we'll we'll stipulate that Hawaii is is cool. So really, it's like it's like yeah. two or three states that you're cool with. That's really it's what just it comes New down Jersey, to. actually. It's yeah. just now, New Jersey. Okay. Now that just I'm thinking about it, it's really just okay. New Jersey. Yeah, okay. that's right. And you know what? Um, I will agree with that because you're a reasonable person. But really, really, the worst is Long Island, as everybody knows. <laughs> Long Island and Pennsylvania. God bless Pennsylvania. The, the one person who emailed us for the advice episode affirming that they love the Long Island trash talking because that is just encouraging you in a way that you did not need. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing about Long Island. It's terrible. You know what I call Long Island trash talking? I call that talking about Long Island because you can't start saying things about Long Island without talking trash about it because there are no good things about Long Island. Name one good thing. You can't. Say one nice thing about Long Island. It's next to New Jersey, sort of. No, doesn't count. (laughs) One nice thing. One nice thing. It's pretty long. One nice thing that doesn't involve calling it a word that is in the name of the place. Okay, how about this? I appreciate what the Simon Center for Geometry and Physics does to promote mathematics and theoretical physics. And that is located on the SUNY Stony Brook campus in the Stony Brook town of Long Island, which is a terrible place. All right, I'll take it. I'll accept it. That's a nice thing, right? I, I, I have spent several weeks of the summer hanging out on Long Island doing theoretical physics, and I had a great time, except for being on Long Island <laughs> and watching people do 70 in a 25 and then get mad at me for obeying the speed limit. I used to nearly get hit all the time in Jersey going to school all the time. Oh, yeah. Here, <laughs> so. here. Look, we can talk about this, too. Tell me what you think about this, Jordan. I feel people in the Northeast – New Jersey, let's say, Mm. are very aggressive drivers, but they're not necessarily bad drivers, right? They're just, they know what they want. They're making bold, creative decisions. That's exactly right. Thank you, Layton. Mm, Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you're taking, like, people who drive in the city all the time and, like, put them in a suburban neighborhood, and Mm -hmm. that's how I would imagine they drive. Yes. I did see a kid get hit by a, a bus and break his arm in what? front of me. So that oh, was wild. Hit by a bus, like a, like a city bus or like a school bus? The school bus. That's oh final yeah. destination shit. That sucks. Mm-hmm. That is. It's so loud when somebody gets hit by a car. Nothing prepares you for how loud that is. It's like a gunshot. Mm. Yeah. So I was driving my car today. I pulled up to an intersection. There was a guy many feet away, walking his dog towards me. I'm nowhere near him. I pull out in the intersection. I'm waiting for me. I have to poke out to see around parked cars. And this dude, after I'm there for, I don't know, 20 seconds, walks behind my car and whaps it with his hand. And I was like, what the fuck, bro? Like, he had lots of room to walk around the back of the car. He was not like up at the corner and I cut him off. I pulled out slowly, was waiting, and this guy whaps my car as he passes it. And then I like I I it took me a second. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And I watch him walk his Pomeranian down the block <laughs> okay. and and he doesn't even turn around. This is like a that's a youngish guy, probably in his 30s, cruising down in his khaki shorts, flip-flops, and Pomeranian. And I was like, why the fuck are you hitting my car? This I've done nothing wrong. And nothing makes me more upset than, you know, unreasonable anger. 
That's such a ridiculous... I can't imagine doing it. Also because I feel like you don't know who's in that car. I oh might have <laughs> an American gun, right? <laughs> like they're in a car. You are walking a Pomeranian. <laughs> There's a power imbalance, which I embrace in that particular case. Unless it's a, an attack Pomeranian. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah, those are... Those are but you need a bunch of them because they attack like velociraptors. Yeah, and they stack need- up. That's right. They, yeah. they Voltron. Maybe he uh, just like, he likes Volpom. hitting cars' butts. Maybe he does. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe, it was actually sexual a, harassment, Brian, and you read that whole thing wrong. Yeah, of my RAV. Yeah. My RAV yeah. 4. Uh, everybody, this is Late Night with Brian Weck. My name is Brian Weck. Across from me, as always, is my co host, Layton Gray. Layton, say hi. Hi, resident uh, vehicle harasser checking in. Uh, mystery <laughs> guest. We are so glad to have here today. Would you care to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Jordan Duffy. I'm an audio engineer for the Your Wolf Network, who's under the SiriusXM umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I work on a bunch of fun shows. Some people know me as Engineer Jordan because I constantly laugh in the background of episodes. <laughs> and uh, I'm also a musician and singer-songwriter. I have an EP out and a few music videos you can go check out which is really Great. cool. And I know Brian and Layton because their lovely engineer, Jarek, who mixed my albums. So mm-hmm. everything you hear was mixed by Jarek. That's awesome. Yay. Yeah. yeah. And we have hung out in person in the past. Yes, we have. The highlight of my life. <laughs> well, mine too, of course. <laughs> so can, can you tell, for those who don't know, which uh, your wolf shows you have or do worked on? Mm. Work on? Have or yes. dude work on? Have, have a dude, dude worked on. Work on. Yeah. Have it. Okay. Episode title. Have a dude worked on. <laughs> so from the beginning, I started five years ago. I started on Query with Cameron Esposito and mm-hmm. Yoasis Racist with Andrew T and Tawny Newsom. A little bit later, I started working on a show called Spanish Aki Presents with Riza Licea, Oscar Montoya, Tony Rodriguez, and Carlos Santos. And then I started and currently work on the show called Best Friends with Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda. Mm-hmm. I then moved over to working on The Deep Dive with Jessica St. Clair and June Diana Raphael. And then I moved on to Leslie Jones's podcast. She is no longer on the on the network, but it was Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus. And then as of this year, I am one of the head engineers for The Office Ladies which is with, I'm sure everyone knows, the the two lovely women from The Office, which is uh, mm-hmm. Jenna. Michael Scott and, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsley. Pretty much anything that's been on the network, I've probably like helped record at one point. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, as uh, you know, I told you when we met, I've been an Earworth mm-hmm. fan for a long time. And many yeah. of those people are some of my favorite comedian types. And I think Nicole Byer might be Audrey's favorite person in the world. Maybe. <laughs> she's a wonderful person. I love Nicole. She seems so. awesome. I think she's so yeah. funny. Yeah. So that that's awesome. I mean, what a fun thing to to be a part of that scene. It's wild. I was the first female to ever be hired at the company. And I think I was the youngest really? engineer also. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I held that title for a really long time. And like other... Um, Female engineers have come and gone, but yeah, I was the very first one. Well, congrats. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. There's like the regular amount of pressure that you get being a woman in a space that is very 
male dominated, but especially when you're like the first one and the youngest, that's a lot to have to contend with. It is a lot. And I'm sure that everyone there is very nice, but you get those like, oh, those short little interactions that the other person doesn't remember at all, but that stick with you and, you know, drive you insane forever. Yeah, I definitely have had moments like that. There, very early on, uh, when I was first hired, there was a certain show that is I don't think any around anymore. But they had uh, like older people come in for the episodes, mm-hmm. and this gentleman, <laughs> there's no one else in the office, was like, "Where's the engineer?" And I was like, "I'm, I'm the engineer." And he was like, "Where's the a male engineer?" Doctor. Yeah, and what? I was like, "Um." I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, it's me. It's only me. No one else is here to help you. So we can either do this. <laughs> what I would have done then is constantly push talk back and be like, guys, what do these buttons do? Uh, hey, can, can someone come in here and turn this on for me? <laughs> I should have. Uh, I should have. I, I think we might be rolling. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, so. I wasn't recording, actually. Yeah. Oh, you wanted me to tape this? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> got it. Yeah. I thought I was just here to look cute and get coffee, right? Because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what you thought. Yeah. I, I wonder if, if this is true for you. I found this when I was a musician at like comedy clubs. This, there's this mm. vibe of you're there to do a particular role, but it's not necessarily your passion and you want people to know about, like in your case, you have this amazing musician side, right? Mm -hmm. Which is probably the thing I would guess, tell me if this is wrong, the thing you're more excited and passionate about doing. And I I think it gets very hard when people see you in a certain way to try to transcend that, you know? I've certainly found that in my life, like you come in in one context and people are like, oh, and you're a musician too. And you're like, it's Mm -hmm. not cute. Like that's (laughs) that's what I do, you know? So I wonder if you felt that at all. I definitely have felt that to the extent of, and I was going to mention this before we we started, I have taken it upon myself. I just signed up for UCB courses. Nice. Because I've been going through some like performance anxiety stuff. And I was like, I think this will help. But no, it, it has been really tough. I think one of the tougher sides of being an engineer, I'm so proud of the work I do and the people I work with and everyone yeah has been really kind and supportive, but I, I have had many moments of like, oh, I, I am a musician. I am a singer. And you're a creative. You don't just hit record. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. it's hard. Like it's sometimes heart wrenching to be like, I can't jump in. I'm, I'm so lucky and fortunate to work on best friends where I do have moments that I can jump in and yes. like talk and make jokes. And that's really nice. But there have been a lot of podcasts that I'm like, oh, I would have said this and that would have been funny. Or like, oh, I would have said this and that would have been funny. And I have had opportunities to sing. Like there's a podcast called Just Between Us and I'm the singer for that theme song, which I don't think people realize. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. And then I've been able to like compose like little pieces and I believe Office Ladies has like something coming out that I made a theme for. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I'm able to do little things, but it's really hit me this year of like, oh, like I'm really a performer mm-hmm. and I'm so happy that people are like comfortable and happy with my work as an engineer. And I become one of like the top engineers in the company, which is like crazy to think about. Yeah. But like deep down, I'm like, <laughs> I just, I want to be on the mic. I want to be doing right. stuff. I want to be talking to people. So yeah, yeah, you're totally right. The one story that happened 
close to 20 years ago now mm-hmm. that I will always remember is I was the music director at an improv theater in Boston. I may have told this story on the show. And, you know, I was, my job was to give notes on the musical sections of the show, which were many, yeah. you know, we, we would write songs and there'd be musical improv that we would do. And I remember, you know, I, I was hired to direct the music parts and during one musical improv, I gave, you know, I was doing my job. I gave some notes and I got pulled aside by one of the owners of the theater. And he was like, yeah, the, the cast has been complaining that uh, you're actually giving a couple notes on the comedy, which I, all I was doing was like, I think it would be funnier if you sang like the, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they were like, and, uh, you know, you're not really, you don't really know comedy. So <laughs> I think you should really just stick to the music. And I was like, mm, that's Cassie's tough. been complaining, huh? <laughs> and I didn't want to say, you know, I'm a comedian too. I think they were yeah. in the wrong about what they had hired me to do. They hired me to give notes. That was my purview to this day. And I know who it was too. I know the person that complained. Oh. <laughs> Reader, I married her. Uh, the, <laughs> the, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't Rachel. She's at your wedding and she's like, oh, I have some complaints yeah. before we get married. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then we got married and those complaints just stopped entirely. Uh, you'd, you'd be shocked. No complaint perfect, to this day. Perfect no notes. Perfect wow. husband. That's what I am. You know, kind, efficient, uh, everything you'd want in a husband. So have I been nice to this guy? Have I seen him over the years? Yes, I have. And I've been perfectly cordial. He's a nice mm-hmm. enough guy. I'm trying to be generous with with this, but this still fucking rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And it, there's no way to say this without sounding like a total monster, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, guess who mm -hmm. has been more successful in comedy, this guy (laughs) or me? Well, I'll take a big guess and say you. I, and sometimes (laughs) when I am at my less generous, I'm like, what, what, what should we call this guy? Uh, I'm going to call him AirPods. AirPods. Sometimes when I think about this guy, I'm like, fuck you, AirPods. I think that's an interesting point. Who's, and Brian, you said yours, thinking about somebody like way in your past who was shitty to you at one point in like a very minor way and using that to fuel you. Jordan, you putting an exclamation mark at the end of your name on this reminds me of mine. Oh, yeah. Mm, oh, I'm so sorry if that triggered it then. I'm <laughs> no, so no, no, sorry. No, in a good way. When I was in okay. first grade, every morning we had like a little sign-up sheet for the lunch options. And so it would be like chicken fries and, you know, square pizza on the other yeah. side. And you would write oh, your yeah. name so they mm-hmm. would have a number count of who's getting what. And one morning I went in and I wrote my name and I put an exclamation mark at the end. And this kid was like... <sighs> Why'd you do that? You're not exciting. (laughs) What? Yeah. So fuck you, that kid. You were not exciting? Yeah. Oh, my God. That one got me bad at that Mm. tender age of six years old. That sucks. So now who's exciting now, motherfucker? I don't (laughs) even remember your name. (laughs) Who has a top 500 podcast in Sweden? (laughs) We might be falling on the 500. I think we're yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. What are chicken fries, Layton? You said you, what is it? They're chicken tenders that are shaped like fries. They were good. Got it. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to the chicken dippers, which were terrible. Mm-hmm. Jordan, what's yours? Uh, for the food or for the people? <laughs> I meant for the fuck that guy from forever ago, but also Um, food if you would like. Okay. uh, This is a segment. I'm going to write a theme song for it. It's called fuck that guy. (laughs) I I had quite a bit and I grew up with my, my mom was a teacher. And so I always, respected all teachers and what they said to me, but I had some really like opinionated mean teachers. Mm. And I can say this kindly now because of where I'm at, but in high school and college, I had two teachers who were like, you're never going to get into that university. You're never going to make music. You can't keep on tempo. And it would like really deterred me back then. I didn't want to do it. But then today it's truly like, I can't be on tempo. Well, like, hear this motherfucker. And like, I can keep on tempo. I'm, I'm actually taking drum lessons because the guy got so in my head. And I understand when adults have to settle for things and life has not gone the way that they want to. And mm-hmm. I understand now as, as an adult, 10, 15 years later, that those teachers who are saying really mean and negative things to me didn't need to say that. And they should have just kept those opinions to themselves. Yeah. And it did. It definitely like effed with my brain. I like totally suffer from imposter syndrome. And it's really hard for me to be like, like, hi, I, I like make music and you can listen. Like, I'm horrible at talking about myself, which is very bad to get <laughs> for industry stuff. But it's because so many people have told me that I'm not going to amount to others. But I do have one guy in particular. Okay. And right. it was in sixth grade. I'll call him AirPods too, because it's the same Great. vibe. <laughs> and... Okay. He doesn't even know me anymore, but he was someone who worked. My dad owned a hardware store and he worked there. And every day he would put on his stupid radio station that he only played like the bad, like there's great pieces of music from the 1920s and 30s. He played the bad 1920s and 30s music (laughs) and I don't understand why. Uh And so I would come in like rip off the AM station he had on and then put on like some Beatles album that my dad had in the store. And he used to get so mad at me. And I I one time told him, I was like, I am going to be like a singer and musician when I get older. And I'm about sixth, seventh grade right now. So mm-hmm. 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hmm, I don't see it ever happening. I think you should uh, aim lower. And I was like, fuck you. What? To a kid. To a kid. To a kid. To a kid. And I never told my parents about this. And a few years ago, I told my dad. I was like, hey, remember that guy you used to work in your store? He told me this. And he was like, I would have fired him. I would have <laughs> fired him if he ever, like, if I if I ever knew that. And I was like, sorry. Like, I was going through stuff. But, like, I knew he was an idiot in that moment. But, like, it gets to you. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not going to have this career that I've wanted. Well, because... So. When a, a grown adult has the audacity to say that to you yeah. as a young person, he was also person, like sixty like, years old. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like, so, well, this adult felt it, this was okay to say to me. So even if I think that's dumb, these are just words that I have in my brain now that will come to me in moments of weakness and those moments of weakness are continuous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's uh, to a child, like I, I think it's okay to say to not a little kid, but to like a 13 and up kid, like, I love that's what you want to do. Here's some reasons why that might be challenging, yeah. but, you know, I think you should go for it. But, you know, here's what, you know, people in that industry have to put up with just to say, that's amazing. You know, have mm-hmm. you thought about this? I think that stuff is fair game, but to be like, it's not going to happen for you is just it's ridiculous. Just and also so time and place, right? Yeah. Especially for like a high school age student who is thinking about going into the arts. Mm-hmm. You can say here's what you're going to have to put up with probably. That's a reasonable thing. But to be Mm -hmm. like, you can't do that. You're no good at that. Come on. What what are we doing here? That's just cruel. Yeah. And now I'm here with an album out and a music video and on this podcast. So fuck everyone else. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck all those guys in particular. Yes. Fuck all those guys in particular. You got the, the Jarek Centeno. To mix I got your album. the Jarek. I don't the know how. Jarek. No, don't I don't know how. You're lucky. Now you've also worked a lot with uh, Alana, yes. who is a a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about what you two have have done together? Yes, and Alana is AKA Party Nails. That's Party her, Nails. Yes, of that's course. her stage name. I met Alana before the pandemic. Funny enough, I saw someone post about learning Ableton Live, the the DAW system. And I went to my work and I was like, hey, like, I think this would be beneficial for here. Like, could I take this class? It was like 80 bucks. And they were like, yeah, sure, we'll pay for it. And so I took it and Alana was the teacher. And I had a great time in this course. And after the course, for some reason, I like couldn't get her out of my head. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just feel like I need to be like friends with her. And I sent her, it, we should find the email, but I sent her the funniest email being like, I feel like we should be best friends. I don't know why. <laughs> Can we hang out sometime? And like, I loved your class. And she was like, oh my gosh, yes, let's do that. And then boom, the pandemic hit. And mm-hmm. so her for like the first year plus of our friendship we literally would have like Zoom dates like once a week That's just so talking. It's so great. It's the cutest thing. We became such good friends. And then I was really scared. I think by 2021, I was really scared to be like, we're really good friends. You're an amazing producer. I love your music. And I've always been the type of person who like, I don't have family in the industry. I don't know how to do this stuff. I feel like everything's mm-hmm. really like gatekept from everyone. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know how I became an engineer. I just went to school for it, applied for the job, got the job. And then I was just there. And I, I was mean, like, that, that sounds like how you did it. <laughs> I, yes, I, I would that, say that that pretty much answers the question. <laughs> yes. I was just shocked that I got the job, but going to Alana, I was like, I want to make an album at minimum a song. And I was like, I really, I think I need to work with a producer and Mm -hmm. I'm really comfortable with you. Would you be open to this? And if you're not, that's totally cool. Like there's no pressure. And she was like, absolutely. Yes, let's do this. And 
it is like the weirdest thing when we're in the studio because I'll like start to make a comment or like a note and she's already doing it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is so odd. So we are a really great team. And she also told me that she wanted to produce more. So she was like, I think this is a great opportunity. Like, let's work on your stuff. And I came in with like, I have like 60 to 100 plus songs already done and written, but it's just like me and the guitar. I haven't done anything Mm -hmm. else with them. So when I came in, it wasn't like it was her and I in the studio making and writing new songs. I was like, these are my songs. How can we make them cool? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's how my first EP, No Big Deal, came to be. And I'm very proud of it. And we're currently in the studio now working on the next album. and. It's so great. I absolutely love Alana and she's one of my favorite people. And she's truly like my first friend in Los Angeles that like is my friend. It's not like I yeah. met them through work or through a coworker. Like I met her and through like the cutest meet cute ever. And y'all are like so adorable. And we, <laughs> it's so gross how adorable we are in person. It's extremely <laughs> cute. I fucking love it. But no, we're so appreciative of each other. Even in the studio, like, we'll stop and be like, you know what? You're doing really good. Like, whatever you just did was really great. I'm, like, Mm -hmm. so happy with it. And I always put her in the order of, like, friends and then, like, producer. And that's why we've worked out so Mm -hmm. well and Mm -hmm. been really open and transparent about everything. And I've always told her that first and foremost. I was like, "If, if this gets weird... We're stopping production and we'll just be friends. And it hasn't gotten to that point. And I'm hoping it never gets to that point because we're just really good friends. I love it. That's awesome. There's a thing that really bugs me that is kind of like the stereotype of some girls being like, I'm mostly friends with guys because girls are too much drama. Uh, Which female friendships are... I I wish men... Cis men... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shut the fuck Is up. That the w- <laughs> Man who listens to women. I do listen to women, Layton. Thank you for, for saying that. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to do this bit right now. Yeah, thanks. Wise choice, Brian. But Did you just flip I, me I, off? That was rude. N- no, I didn't. What are you talking about? You saw I didn't mm-hmm. flip him off. Um, mm-hmm. But the <laughs> I, I do wish that cis men could experience like female friendship, you know? Like it is mm-hmm. such a different that I have many guy friends. I have many girlfriends. It's such a beautiful, mutually supportive thing. And I think every once in a while I will be like, I'm in a room that's only women. And that doesn't happen a whole lot. And when it does, it's just like, this is nice. Wow. It is nice. Like even with podcasting, I used to be like the only girl in the room or in the booth. And as like things have moved forward, it's a lot more diversity. But I think the other main reason with, like, working with Alana, not only, like, being an awesome producer and, like, my friend, but also I have worked with so many male producers. And I'm not saying all male producers are like this. I know that there's some amazing not all male. male producers. Not all men. <laughs> but <laughs> every producer that I have worked with male-wise has never listened to me, hasn't let me in the room hasn't let me like experience what I want to experience. And I have so many ideas within that realm that it's like a mutual 
producing with Alana. And even down to like my tattoos, I, I'm covered with tattoos. And there is only one tattoo in my body that was done by a male because that that experience alone, I was like, I'm not doing this again. And every other tattoo I have has been by a female. And it's been so nice and eye-opening. And again, I'd be open to like having a male tattoo me. But in that space, I just felt like really sexualized. And Mm. I was like, I don't want to be here. And like, this shouldn't, that's not how it should be with, within a recording studio, within tattoo parlor, like in every realm of my life, I want to be safe. And I have felt that with with Earwolf, like the majority of my time at Earwolf, it's been really a safe space with no matter who I'm recording. Everyone's very kind and nice, but I agree with you. I want cis hetero men to have relationships and conversations like typical women have. Yeah. Something that I've seen in this, again, like uh, the stereotype of it all, but that like men bonding is very often based around like an activity or a hobby that is done together. And so conversation gets to be about the activity. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, I feel like being a bunch of men's like few lady friends throughout my life where they're like, this is nice. And it's like, yeah, isn't it nice to talk about your feelings and not just like surface Mm. level, make fun of each other and not talk about your feelings and repress them? You know, caring about other people mutually, it's it's good for your growth as a human being. And it is. Irreplaceable shit to be mm-hmm. a human. Do you have anything to say, man, on the call? I mean, I do feel like my voice is not valued on this podcast. <laughs> and I wanted to stay quiet for a minute to make some space finally for a male voice in, in podcasting. <laughs> because... I feel like the medium is so dominated by by what women want, also my favorite movie, uh, and women's voices, that I wanted to take a moment. There was an unusually long pause there, and I just felt like it was time to really let a man's voice sit in its own space and kind of take control of, of a podcast environment. So I don't think I want to respond directly to the frankly very aggressive and demeaning content that preceded my little segment here. But I will say that Leighton, I'm here to support you in any way I can. As a man, I don't have much power or say in in the world of, <laughs> of, of recording or music or broadcasting or podcasting, but I'll use what little influence I have to help you even though you're clearly the one in control. That's very brave of you, Brian. I think it is. I couldn't agree more. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's hashtag brave. And that's me. <laughs> well, I have a question. I have a question. I'm so Brian. sorry. I'm not taking questions right now. Okay. No. <laughs> Jordan, please. No. Brian, do you feel that you have deep emotional conversations with your I guess male or female friends. Absolutely, I do. But I think cool. I'm atypical. Yeah, no, 100%. But uh, I think for me, you know, not not all of my friends, but of course, who who would? Um, I have a lot of friends where we get real and talk about our feelings and, and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I, but I, I, I would wager that I am uh, 
atypical for, for that the, you're considerably for, for more men. sensitive than other men and you're really in tune. I'm not like other men. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But yeah, I, I feel like I, that is a regular part of my life. And I have several close friends who I talk about that stuff with, male friends. Cool. It's also like you're not 22 in a dude. Yeah. Which 100%. Is a much thornier area. I mean, I've always been like that to some extent. I do think this also comes with age. You know, I'm almost 50. I have a kid. I've been married for 16 years. Like, what do I have to fucking lose? Like, you know, (laughs) I think as you get older and you see, you know, wasted opportunities and, you know, the cost of not being open like that, you get less scared of, of being open. And I think I am definitely more emotionally available than I ever have been before in my life. But I don't think I was ever like cut off. Like this might come as a shock. I was never like a bro kind of mm. kind of wow. guy. Whoa. So I know. Right. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Who, who would have, who would have thought? Frat boy. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to do that bit. Uh, <laughs> even though I've never done a bit on the show, I didn't want to start. So I decided not to start a bit. Long story short. Yes, I do. Maybe part of it is for a lot of straight men, it's the conflating like a close emotional relationship, especially with a woman with like, oh, romantic feelings or sexual feelings or whatever. And so if you are close with a woman, it's like, well, why aren't we dating then? Mm -hmm. But then if it is with another man and you're straight, then it's like, this is weird. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it's just good to treat other people like human beings and connect with them as human beings, regardless of gender identity and the trappings, the, the, the prison of gender, you know? Indeed. There is that confusion. I think from, I will just ask people to hang out because I'm from the East coast and we actually follow through with plants. Oh shit. (laughs) Things just got real. But, like, if I think you're a cool person, I'll be like, hey, let's go out and get a drink and, like, hang out. And I feel like some majority is men being like, oh, it's just a date. And I'm like, I'm just asking to hang out and have a conversation. I'm not – there was no – nothing else beyond this thought process. Mm -hmm. Being friendly is just seen as – I'm coming on to you. Being friendly and funny and charming really confuses people. And I get that. And I always uh, check myself before I wreck myself. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've had a lot of people, a lot of people think that I'm like kidding on them. And I'm like, I just want to hang out and have friends, man. Like, that's all I want to do. I'm literally making a normal joke at you. This is not a flirty joke. If I was making a flirty joke at you, you would know because I'm obvious as fuck. This is definitely something that as you get older gets less true because more and more people are married. And when you walk around with one of these bad boys on your finger, Mm. you're not available. And sure, married people hit on people sometimes. But, you know, if someone was like, hey, let's hang out, whatever gender that person might be, it's like, okay, no, it's not a romance thing. It's just like, let's hang out. And I think there is, especially in your, you know, single days, 20s, whatever, mm-hmm. there's a lot more confusion about, is this a date or not? And that stuff, I think, does tend to go away as you get older and people partner up. Yeah. And it, it, it depends on who you're hanging out with. Like, if it's just some random person I met at a bar that's one thing but like if I'm asking like 
people from my improv team to hang out. That's truly like, they know it's just hanging out. It's yeah, like, yeah, that's right. We're going to talk Contact about improv. Is important. Or, yeah. But yeah, not to bring it to this level, but like it is hard to date in LA and especially oh, with sure. where I work, it's really hard. It's not like I can like record you and be like, hey, want to get a, I want to go out afterwards. Right. It's so yeah, weird. Yeah. Like that's not anything I could do. Anyways, having deep conversations with people is important. Yes, I yeah. agree. And that's one of the things I do like about this podcast because I think we do a pretty good job about not just staying on the surface mm-hmm. with people. Like, yeah. We oscillate pretty violently from deep conversation to cum jokes. So uh, uh, that's <laughs> that is generally how I would describe my friendship with most people. And I like that that plays out. Yeah, I, I will show. say I've never made a cum joke. I have provided cum experiences verbally, which is a different thing. Why are you grimacing? <laughs> or was that a why smile? Are, why are Give you us a smile. Grim- Come on. Why are- Come on. Oh, a man's telling Give me us to a smile. smile. Give us a smile. You look so much prettier when you smile. Give me a smile. <laughs> I just got, I just got Fuck really off and die. Uh-huh. Um, why are you grimacing should be the tagline for this yeah, show. I, like I think that's a pretty good one. Before we move on to uh, segments, I did want to ask, I'm always curious with musicians, Jordan, big musical influences for you who are like your, your top people. I'm a really big Billy Joel fan. I have to go. Um, um, oh, no. Are you not a Billy Joel fan? I have many, many friends who love Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. I personally can't stand Billy Joel, but that does not lessen his his importance to you gotcha. or the fact. Look, I'm in the minority here, clearly. So just because I don't like someone doesn't mean that you can't like someone. Gotcha. What I will say is that I am a fan because my dad was a fan. So it's definitely passed on from Okay, my dad. but you also... Don't need to make yeah. excuses. People can like what they like, and it doesn't That's have to be true. the same thing as me. So I can have a strong opinion. You can have a strong opinion. True. It's this all is good. true. I do earnestly have to go, though. <laughs> I like the sticks. Oh, sticks? The band sticks? Yeah. Okay, now I'm back. Am I back in? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> sticks rules. I love uh, Paradise Theater, one of my all-time mm, favorite albums. Great, yeah. great band. I think Come Sail Away is maybe the greatest rock single of that era. It's fucking awesome. Do you know that Alana hadn't listened to a bunch of sticks and I just made her listen to some in the studio because I was like, I did we are missing that. so much. It's incredible. What I love about sticks is it's that very like, it's like proggy, but with a lot of like musical theater kind of influence yeah. in it. And it's, the singing's great. I, I could talk about sticks forever. I love sticks. Yes, Six is great. Uh, I love Boston. Great. And my mom, the cassette that she had was just like these miscellaneous 60s and 70s songs. So it's really what Mm -hmm. I grew up on. Simon and Garfunkel. Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell, definitely. Fleetwood Mac. And then for artists like today that I think I got into, I had like this moment of I was definitely into the punk scene. I hate mm-hmm. admitting this, but I was a very big Good Charlotte fan until I went to their show and they spit on me. And then I was like, I'm Wait, okay, hold yeah. on. Yeah. What happened? Okay. First of all, you don't need to apologize for being a Good Charlotte fan. Many terrible people are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like ha- 13. So. No, no. It's look, we all had bad yeah. musical taste when we were 13. Talk to me about what happened to you at a Good Charlotte show, please. 
so I was living in Cambria. So again, near San Luis Obispo. And I saw that they would be performing in Santa Barbara. And my sister, who, my sisters are seven and 10 years older than me. So the one who's seven years older than me Mm -hmm. was living with us at the time. And she was like, you know what? I'll drive down. I'll like chill in Santa Barbara. And then I'll like take you back up. And I was like, cool. My friend and I went and we got like the standing room only tickets. And we're just like jamming out. And then Benji Madden took a sip of, I'm assuming, beer and just like spit it on the crowd. And I was like directly underneath him. Oh, my God. And I just remember going home and my parents being like, were you drinking? Why do you like smell like this? And I'm like, I got spit on. Why do you smell like good Charlotte, Jordan? I don't know what to say. (laughs) And uh, so after that, I still like their songs. But after that, I was like, I can't do this. And I think that's also what really deterred me from going to see other shows of performers because I was like, is everyone yeah. spitting on everyone? Like, concerts I don't are the like place this. where the lead singer spits on you. That's how concerts <laughs> work. Maybe that yeah. was the river. That was the river. Yeah, the, the, the beer. The, that's a good Charlotte song. <laughs> Wait, Charlotte what, song. what album is that on? I don't know. It was their third most popular track on Spotify. I just looked it up. Oh, that must be like uh, a much older. I dipped after their like fourth album. The River is from an album from 2007. Okay, yeah. So I was, I basically Good was morning, like done revival. after that. Yeah. I, for a second, Brian, like my entire, like foundational knowledge of you shook because, <laughs> because you thought I, I thought, could name a single Good Charlotte song. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was pretty rocked by that. I'm not going to lie. No, I very quickly grabbed my phone and looked up mm-hmm. Good Charlotte on Spotify so I could try to make some kind of joke, which I did unsuccessfully. So around that time, it was like Good Charlotte. It was like I was listening to like the Vans Warp Tour CDs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's a band called Smile Empty Soul that their very first album, I think, really like got me where I wanted to be musically. And I just remember like listening on like my disc man to their album all the time. But today, I can say that, like, I love the singer Yola. I love Ida Maria. She's a Norwegian singer who Mm. her album Fortress Around My Heart is, like, my go-to. I also love the men singers. I don't know if either of you know the men singers. I don't know if any of these people. I've never heard any of these people you've just mentioned. If you could recommend a track from one of the people that you just mentioned that we should listen to. We're also going to do a segment pretty soon. Yeah, but I'm allowed to ask for a recommendation are, look, outside of I, the boundaries okay, of the segment. Layton, as as I mentioned show, before, the show would be ten I, minutes long if we didn't talk about <laughs> pop culture stuff outside of the mandated no, true. court mandated pop culture recommendation segment. I thought I, you said I'm, you respected women, Brian. I'm used to you telling me to shut up, and you just in general me not having a voice on this show. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's if, fucking right. If this is the way you want the show to go. Then far be it for me to disagree i'll just sit here quietly change of pace and not and not do bits as always (laughs) yeah jordan if you have a few songs you want to recommend that would be cool sure um our first segment on the show is our pop culture recommendation (laughs) (laughs) i recommend dancing away in tears which is yola's one of yola's songs and then the men zingers i recommend just their entire After the Party album is great, but I really like their Thick as Thieves song. And then Ida Maria, again, the Fortress Round My Heart, which it came out in like 
2006 or 7 or 8, one of those. Just an entire album. But uh, Oh My God is a great track. Hell cool. yeah. I also like to ask musicians, what's your relationship with music theory? Like, is that an important part of your writing or not really? It is. I started music theory, I guess, back in high school. All in one year, I took a beginner's guitar, beginner piano, and then electronic music course in high school. And I was that kid who like would do the guitar exercises and then be like so bored. And so I would be like, oh, this chord goes with that chord. And then I learned about like the circle of fifths in, in college. And I was like, oh, I'm already doing this. I was also that kid in, <laughs> in elementary school who we'd have to sing for whatever performance and singing like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or whatever song mm-hmm. it was. And I would be that kid unknowingly harmonizing and the mm-hmm. teacher would get like pissed and I'd be like, I don't and know what I'm doing wrong. Like yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. great. Like, <laughs> like I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. And I didn't know until I was in college that people don't naturally harmonize. Um, and so that's why I like joined my university's chorale and I got to sing uh, hmm. in Italy and, uh, and other places. And wow. um, that's awesome. I was like, oh, well, I'm really good at harmonizing. But yeah, much more in college, I learned music theory. And in college is also where I learned I had a four octave range, which is like crazy. Mm, That's a lot. It is a lot. Can I sing all that today? Not sure. Maybe with more training. But I had so many vocal teachers who were like, I don't know what to do with you. And I was like, I just want to sing. Finally, my vocal coach in college was like, oh, they didn't know what to do with you because you had a, you have a four octave range. They didn't even know where to start with you. Yeah. I've had a lot of friends just say that to me in general. Of a four octave range? I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I get that a lot. I do want to move on. Well, our first segment on the show is our pop culture recommendation segment. This is where we get to talk about something we've been enjoying recently. It could be a book, a movie, a video game, what have you. Unfortunately, now, Jordan, you know this better than anybody, I cannot and do not have the ability to play audio files on this show. I do have a theme song that I wrote for this segment, but I can't do it because that technology does not exist yet. Could you sing it? What I can do is I can ask you, if you were to have heard this theme song, what would you have thought of it? It'd be like, ooh, pop culture time. Something like that, I guess. That's, That's better, better than the one I wrote. <laughs> so we're yeah. just going to use that from now on. The name of the segment is What's Poppin'? And the theme song goes here. What's Poppin'? What's Poppin'? Layden, what's Poppin'? What's Poppin' for me is a YouTube channel called Ada Fox ASMR. It's Fox with two X's. Maybe I've popped this before. I don't know. I feel like you might have, but I don't know. Yeah. I've popped multiple ASMR people on this show because I always fall asleep to ASMR, but she has like quickly become one of my favorite ASMR people. I can't recommend her channel enough if you just want to go to sleep. She's just funny and gorgeous and has great long nails and does the little tippy tappies on your face. So... God bless her. I love ASMR YouTube. God bless you all. That's what's popping for me. Cool. Jordan, wow. What's popping for you? What's popping for me? I love the show Bluey. And there's a new nice. season out. In the, I've heard in the a lot US. of people talk about this show. Yeah. Is it good? I love it. 
I have nephews, so that's how it got into Bluey. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. watching it as an adult, I think it's so clever and smart. And I even have been in communication with the person who does the music on the show. And I absolutely Mm -hmm. love the music on the show. But their newest season is out. And they're dropping a video game soon that's like nearly identical to the show, which is really cool. Ooh. So... Yeah. I've seen clips and compilations of like the parents interacting and it seems very, very cute. It's very cute. It's very funny. And if I'm having like a really bad day, I will <laughs> be home alone watching Bluey <laughs> feeling like a child. <laughs> I, I've heard a number of people say, oh, I started watching Bluey with, you know, whatever, some kid. And now I just watch it by myself because I love it. And yet yeah. I've never seen an episode. We haven't watched it with Audrey, but I hear a lot of people say it's good. I think you would like it. And I really think as a musician, you would really like the music. I think it's really clever to the point where they they actually just released a vinyl. Cool. But can can I add one more to this? Of course. Yes. My other one is just because my friend Oscar Montoya is in it. It was originally on HBO is Minx on Stars. I've been curious about that. Is is it good? I do really like it. I think it's really clever. And my only annoyance is that Stars like always looks blurry to me. But mm. all the seasons should be on Stars now, but they originally with HBO. But I think it's really great. And it makes me really happy that one of my friends is on a really great show. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Brian. Cool. Yes. Poppin. Pop for me is a new video game. So I went to download uh, Baldur's Gate 3, which I did purchase. And then before I opened it, I was like, oh, I have this other game I haven't played. So I've been playing Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And I have never played a Star Wars video game. I'm not like a super Star Wars person. I like it. I'm almost 50, so it was a big part of my childhood. So I don't. I have no context for the other Star Wars video games. But you get to fucking run around and lightsaber things, and it rules. You get to do, you know, Jedi flips, and it is like being in a little Star Wars movie. And I love it. It's so much fun. A lot of cutscenes, but you can do you can do a single lightsaber or the double or the like split the double in each hand. I think it's great. I'm having a great time playing it. There's cute robots, you know, there's weird little aliens. It's not too Lucasy, which is great. So I'm having a good time with it. I don't I'm two or three hours in and it's been awesome. So that's what's popular this week is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Nice. Have you or Audrey played the Lego Star Wars games? Not Star Wars. We played a couple other Lego games. I've played Lego Batman, but not Star Wars, no. The Lego Star Wars games are very dear to me. They're good, like, play with my dad multiplayer games when I was a kid. Oh, that's fun. Like, I think Audrey would really love it. They're pretty fun. I like the Lego games, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. So that was what's popping. Now it's time for our final segment, which is three parts gratitude exercise and one part petty grousing. It's called Peaches and Lemons, and the theme song goes right here. Peaches and lemons. Peaches and lemons. Boy, fuck that theme song, right? All right. We're each going to start with a lemon, which is a thing that is a mild bummer, annoyance, or... You know, I almost nailed it this time, but we're, we're just, we're just going to go. I'm going to go first because I am genuinely pissed about this. Uh, mm. So the other day I was like, I want to look at pictures of couches for dogs. 
And so I looked at a bunch of pictures of like, it's just a couch, but it's tiny. So it's like a dog bed. And I was like, well, I should get one of those for my dog because she's totally not going to use that. But Mm -hmm. I want one because it's cute. Mm -hmm. And I found a website that had a variety of different dog couches and cute pillows and stuff. And so I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to buy this because this looks like a nice, you know, like handcrafted company. And I ordered it. And I got the tracking notification that it was being shipped from a bunch of different warehouses in China. And it was a drop shipping website. And I'm a dumbass. Oh. And this cute little pumpkin that's been sitting here this whole time, this was advertised as a pillow. (laughs) It's very cute. It's soft. This is not a fucking pillow. Uh, And so the several items that I got This was one of them. So I'm waiting to see how fucked up this dog couch I got is going to be. This drop-shipped dog couch. Yeah. So when it gets here in four weeks or whatever, I'll find out. Anyway, I'm Boo Boo the Fool. That's me. That's my lemon. (laughs) Or my weirdly small cloth pumpkin is what I held up to the camera uh, for those who are not on the Patreon. So yeah, what about y'all? My lemon is, it's just, this is a part of parenting. I'm beginning to suspect that my child might have a slightly different agenda than I do when it comes to getting ready for school. My agenda is to get her out of the door and get her to school. And her agenda is to, I don't know, just like kind of do whatever for a little while. I'm like, Audrey, honey, please put your socks and shoes on. Okay. Five minutes later, did you put your socks and shoes on? What? You know, repeat that with 12 different things every single morning. And it's just, you know, they have little goldfish brains. They get distracted by whatever fun thing is happening. And it is, I know it is just how they're wired, but oh my God, it is so frustrating. And at some point it's like, can we please just get ready for school? We got her out the door this morning. I took her to school. 10 minutes later, call from school. She didn't pack her laptop. Oh my God. It's like she has like three things she needs to bring to school every day. And, you know, I could have been the dad where I was like, well, you forgot it too bad. But no, I brought her a laptop. Is her schoolwork primarily laptop based now? Not primarily, but I bought her like a hundred dollar laptop, which is basically just a it's like a Chromebook type thing. And they do stuff on it. They make little you know, slideshows and they have a technology class and it's definitely not primarily laptop, but they use it for stuff for sure. So that's my lemon. It's like children get better at like the stuff I want you to do. And going to the place that you so desperately do not wish to go. Oh my God. Also, well, don't even get me started on bedtime, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Jordan, what's your lemon? Similar to you, Leighton, I decided to invest in some new dining chairs. For some reason, I have an issue with dining chairs and finding the perfect dining chair. I don't know why. I don't live in some fancy place, but I just want comfortable chairs. And I one time went to a recording studio and saw this chair. I took a picture of it and I was like, cool, I want to find these chairs. Found the chairs, had them shipped all the way from New York to then have them arrive to, they were the chairs, but they were like drastically smaller. Oh no. 
And I was like, this isn't the right thing. And so I emailed the sellers and it's, it's like a vintage shop. And so they were accommodating to me as much as they could be. But I was like, I want to return these. Like they're not the right size. And they were like, send a video, send pictures, do this. And they were also really squeaky. And I get, I get that they're vintage chairs. I know that yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. be squeaky. And I just agreed to get like money back from the seller, but then kept the chairs. So now I'm just here with like tiny squeaky chairs, (laughs) with like six extra chairs in my apartment. And I bought new dining chairs that I'm happy with, but I just am uh, full of chairs in my apartment. And full of chairs. uh, Yeah. And it's hard to sell them, funny enough, because they are decent chairs. Mm -hmm. And I'm very honest on the description of how I got them. And someone did poke me, but they're like, I only want four. I was like, I don't care. Just ta- no. I will keep Take two. them off my <laughs> hands, <Yeah>. please. <laughs> so that's what I'm a little annoyed with. Do you have any like small animals in your home? Because I feel like if you have a cat, that's like a dream come true. Just <laughs> a billion chairs. I sadly cannot have pets in my apartment. Hmm. I do know you can have an emotional support animal. So if I was going to get a pet, it would be a dog. Yeah, I'm this dog's emotional support animal. She <laughs> I, she has a certificate for me. She has to pay like special pet rent for me to live in her apartment, mm. you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's just, she works so hard at that job all day to pay the rent. Look at that and fucking is, idiot. She's <laughs> so such, dumb. I'm such an ingrate. And I'm just always begging for for food and pets and barks. Gosh, she's that, that dog is so stupid. Look at it. Look at that total absence planet. of intelligence. The only thought in this head is grains of rice. There are three of them in there, and that's mm-hmm. all she can think about. Anyway, and now we will each do three peaches, which are things that are cool, good, fun, nice, exciting, whatever the fuck. I'll go first because I always go first because I am boring and talk about the same shit so I can blaze through mine quickly. Peach number one, I am sort of kind of getting my shit together as a person and as an adult. No, I will not elaborate further. Second peach, I'm babysitting (laughs) Brian's child, Audrey, tomorrow. And I am very excited to see that child because I love that child. And my third peach is nerd's rope. I love oh, yeah. a good nerd's rope. Mm. They shouldn't be that good, but they are. And anytime mm-hmm. I get one, I'm just like, damn, I'm so glad I bought this. And I'm sure one day I will regret the voluminous quantities of nerd's rope I've consumed in my life. But until that time, I would like to put a bunch of them together and treat it as a nerd's lasso. So I can... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, those are my So you can points. capture nerds. Yes, that's, that's yes. where I was going to go. And then I was like, that's not funny. So That's why I said it. Jordan. Great. Got some peaches? <laughs> yes, I did mention them throughout the episode. But my first peach is I started my very first improv class, which I was very scared to. But I, in a very long time, feel like it's somewhere I belong. So that feels really nice. That's great. I also started a, a drum lesson with a very nice teacher. And I'm better than I expected. So that's pretty cool. To the point where I bought an electric drum set. So we'll oh, see hell how that yeah. goes. An e-kit, that rules. Yes. Yeah. You can put funny sounds on them, too. That's always fun. Okay, well now I'm more excited about this. Oh, kit. you can get like, you know, make, make the symbol someone going, yeah, or whatever. 
Alana's going to hate me. I come into the studio being like, <laughs> this is this track. And then my third peach is, and this is more personable, but I've been on like a health journey, health kick, and trying to figure stuff out. Um, and I'm I'm open to this, so I don't mind if anyone knows, but I have a thyroid disease called Hashimoto's. It's basically where your thyroid attacks itself or your body. Mm-hmm. And it's real fun to have. It sounds like it. It's super fun. It's really fun. Most diseases are. Most diseases are really <laughs> great. And to me, it didn't come as a surprise. It runs in my family, so I maybe knew it was coming. But with a combination of my awesome endocrinologist and seeing a holistic doctor and being on some like natural supplements, I finally feel like like I'm going back to normal. And it's been years of being like this. And I want to share it because I want to share it. But I am down 40 pounds in a year, which is like also in addition to like getting my health stuff happening. So I'm very proud of myself. That was not the goal. It's just what happened from Mm -hmm. getting better. And I'm very proud of myself. So that's great. Yeah. Congratulations. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Brian, what are your peaches or your extremely um, tiny overpriced pumpkins? Yes. What are my (laughs) tiny pumpkins? Peach number one is also health related, although less exciting. Today I got my updated COVID vaccine and my flu vaccine. So, and I waited a little too long at Walgreens to get them. And the woman that administered the shot was like, we're already running out of these because everybody's getting them. And that made me happy too. Cause I was like, good, get the updated booster. Like we're in a big uptick in COVID right now. And I would have done it even if not, but it feels good to get the new round of protection because it's been about a year. And I always forget to get the flu shot too. So I was like, ah, fuck it, just do them both. So that's peach number one. Um, Peach number two is a friend of mine wrote, he wrote his second volume of poetry for kids. His name is Chris Harris. And he has two books of poems for kids. One's called I'm Just No Good at Rhyming, and the other is called, I think, is it My Head Has a Bellyache, or the other way around? I think it's My Head Has a Bellyache. And they're, they're like, awesome. They are so funny. They're, he's such a great writer. And we went to one of his readings, and then Audrey co-read a poem with him at another one, and by the time this comes out, she will have done a second and she loves these books. She reads them out loud to herself all the time. I, I just recommend them in general. They're silly and funny and touching and all that stuff. And she's very pleased with herself to be doing little poetry readings with this guy who is just, he's a delight of a human. So yeah, two fun books of poetry and Audrey got to be a part of the readings too. And uh, my final, final peach, one of my favorite comedy groups from my college days is on tour. I'm talking about the state, you know, who were a big sketch group in the nineties and very influential. A lot of people, you know, if you don't know the state, you know, people from the state, Thomas Lennon, Kerry, Kenny Silver, Ken Marino, David Wayne, uh, Joe Latruglio, Kevin Allison. I could name them all. you like, you know, and they're on tour. Uh, so I got tickets to see the state live, you know, and they're all, how old are they? Like, I mean, they're older than I am, mid to late 50s at this point, maybe even slightly older. And I'm excited to see them live. I've never seen a live state show. But when I was in like college, they, they were a very big deal to me. You know, it was it was on MTV, famous, famous thing with them. They were on MTV and they were supposed to jump to CVS and got like 
super canceled or something like that. They had all the, you know, the way they tell it is uh, all their dreams were about to come true and then got yanked away from them. It's kind of amazing. Uh. But like what's crazy about it, it's this big collective of people and pretty much all of them have gone on to do cool, awesome things. And they're all so, so, so funny. I love Carrie Kenny Silver. She's so fucking funny. And uh, I'm excited to see him live. So Yay. that's my third peach. Yeah. Nice. Well, look yeah. at nine beautiful peaches and three tart little lemons that mm-hmm. are outweighed by the peaches. I would agree. So mm. that that was an episode of Late Night with Brian Wecht. Jordan, yes, thank you so much for your time this morning. It is always a treat to see you. Thank you both. Where can people find your music? And is there anything else you want to plug? You can go to my website, jordanduffymusic.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Jordan K. Duffy. That's truly the only social media I really have. <laughs> and you. you can find my music pretty much anywhere you listen to music. Spotify, Apple Play, uh Google Play, or is it just Apple Deezer. Music? De- Deezer, <laughs> all of it. Yeah, check it out. And then you can find some of my music videos. Just type in Jordan Duffy on YouTube and you'll find me. And yeah, keep listening to Best Friends and Office Ladies. You'll definitely hear me on Best Friends in the episode. And I'm working on new music. There's no official release dates yet. And I might be talking to some labels. So who knows? Cool. Yeah. Very exciting. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. This was as much fun as I knew it would be. And we just really appreciate your time and you being here for the show. You guys are both awesome. Thank you so much for having me You're on. awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> uh, maybe do you have anything to say for yourself? Are you going to answer for your crimes? Listen to men's voices. <laughs> Her silence speaks volumes. See, see you all next okay. week. Bye. <laughs> Late Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at LeightonNight at gmail.com. <laughs>